0: Hey everybody, on today's episode of the None of Your Business podcast, we have a very special guest. Today we're going to be interviewing Mark Brazil from Iconic. Now Iconic is making huge moves and big waves all throughout the art industry by bringing their brand of entrepreneur art into a brand new space. They have amazing collaborations with people like Scooter Braun Gary V, Eric Thomas, and we dive deep with Mark on just how he managed to create those relationships and those collaborations. I'm sure you're going to love it. what's up everybody welcome to another edition of a very important and exclusive black diamond club interview today we are joined by a very special guest who we were fortunate enough to meet in person not too long ago and um actually go out to their sort of headquarters they have the coolest place that um you can you can find in la Uh, that view i can't get over that everybody's you're about to see it everybody (laughs) so don't don't worry you're about to see it imagine that you just worked and 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 spent your days with this view that's pretty amazing
1: but a lot of people also know who he is because of the artwork that they have in their offices
0: yeah that's right a lot of black diamond club members have already jumped on the iconic bandwagon but we would love to see you guys uh Jump on it even more. But I think part of it too is knowing the people behind it. Absolutely. This is one of the key, one of two very key people in uh, bringing iconic to the world. We're joined today by Mark Brazil. Welcome, Mark. That was a nice intro. Very
2: warm. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Look at thank that view. Hey, thank you to everybody that's in here that has already bought the art. I, that means the world to me. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, your kids line just came out too, and it's just a, such a perfect fit for a lot of the individuals that are in BDC and their offices, because it's all about empowering kids. And I I just fell in love with the line as, as soon as I saw it. That was great addition to what you guys already do.
2: It's almost like a second company for us, and mm. I probably shouldn't be saying this publicly, but whatever. <laughs> um, I'm actually more excited about that than even you know, the regular company just because we actually went to a school and gifted a bunch of pieces to a school and we spoke to the kids oh. and it, it felt different. Um, we're, we're launching this whole thing. We're just waiting to get clearance by everybody, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't have any children, um, but I'm very, I'm very close to my three-year-old nephew and just, you know, it's just crazy to see how, you know, especially at that young age, like their, their, their minds and their characters get molded very easily. And to know that that actually plays a part in molding who they are is like pretty crazy to think, so I'm so excited about the kids that we just started. I started like a month ago, so
1: I know, and we already love it. And We already have people that are buying it because that they're all about that too. That empowerment of children at such a young age, very awesome. Sorry uh, to throw that in there. I've seen it's a just, lot
0: of a lot of the offices that take care of children, pediatric uh, focus offices, are are decking them out with yeah. the uh, iconic stuff. It's 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 great. I love yeah, it's seeing great that. To see. One of well, the things, Mark, that's uh, super important when you meet somebody because we're meeting you um and 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 bdc members now we're meeting you when you are not necessarily at the top of your game but on your way up of course right hopefully there's even more uh ceiling we haven't hit that ceiling but one of the things that's very easy to lose sight of forever people probably see you and say oh look at mark and jeff you guys you guys have it easy you guys have it made you guys are making a killing doing art come on um, I would love to start with a little bit of your creation story. Tell us a little bit about how you end up here. And, and I find it really interesting. Like you're not the artist either.
2: Yeah. For clarity, um, I'm 34 years old. I was basically broke when I was 30. Um, this is a 24 seven job that I'm running running right now. I mean, yesterday I started my day at 4:45 AM and at 10 o'clock, some crazy shit happened. So, I mean, I had, I mean, just yesterday, I don't know, 18 hour day. So. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, just to kind of give like a little bit of the backstory, I'll I'll start kind of where it all started. Uh, I was a big soccer player growing up, a decorated high school player, um, really big on the club scene. And uh, my sophomore year, all of my buddies made varsity and I didn't. And in my junior year, then eventually going into my senior year, I remember it so vividly. uh, I was at the table eating my breakfast with my mom that I always would eat and everything bagel with two scrambled eggs and I was looking at the players to watch list, and I was not on that list. And not only was I not on that list, but there was people on my own team that were on that list that I and they knew I was better than, and then all players on the club circuit that knew me that were on that list that, quite frankly, um, I think I was better than. And it was at that point I made a change in my life. Uh, I was always someone that was very talented, but I didn't work that hard, uh, especially from like a cardio perspective. And starting that day, every single day through to the beginning of the season, I ran miles and miles and miles. I remember my friends at Taco Bell, two o'clock in the morning, drunk, and they would literally see me running the streets like a psycho um, the whole entire summer leading up into the season. Uh, that season, uh, I made All County, the team made it as far as they'd ever gone. And that's when I really like kind of discovered who I was and realized that you know anything I put my mind to, I can achieve. So that was kind of like the first chapter of my life. Then I went to college, and long story short, I um, went to freshman orientation, and they explained that you have three strikes and you get kicked out of school, and by strikes, I mean uh, a noise violation, open container, doing something stupid. I was always a little bit of a troublemaker. I had a fake ID. My roommate was on the football team, and these girls across the hall from me asked me to get alcohol, and they gave me $40 for a 30-pack. I go to the store, and... I buy a case of something called Natural Ice, which I had never just, never known. And it was a $6 case. I went to go give them back $34, and they told me to keep it. And at that moment, I became an entrepreneur. I was like, wow, I'm taking all the risk, and I just made $34. So then what I did is first I started with uh, Lindsay and Lisa, Lindsey Grubiak and Lisa Conti, And then I went to their neighbors, and then I went to their neighbors, and then I went to the whole first floor, then I went to the second floor. Um, It got to a point where it got so big that I had my mom shipping me duffel bags, and I actually was taking myself out of the equation and hiring people to bring it from the store to the cars into the dorm rooms. Um, And I was you a young, I don't know, 17 or 18-year-old kid um, making thousands of dollars. Uh, Eventually, the whole entire ring got busted. That's when I really became an entrepreneur. Then I did a bunch of things. I had a clothing company. You know, I I, I threw parties, fast forward to after college. I um, always, I did really bad in school. I had a 2.1 GPA, five years, and I had a buddy in the West Coast, and I was living in New York, and he's like, hey, I'm a part of this company that sells lights, and this was one eco-friendly and energy-efficient lighting, and all that stuff was huge. This was, I don't know, 12 years ago. And he's like, we need somebody that's LEED certified. Uh, LEED certified is uh, leadership in energy and environmental design for people listening. And this is where all this shit happens too, so everybody listening. Um, I always did bad in tests. I knew nothing about this test, but I wanted to move to the West Coast. So I spent months, four months, five months, studying for this test. I failed. Um, you had to wait another two months. I failed again. Um, and then I waited another two months, and then I finally passed. So I wasted probably about a year of my life to get this certification. And then I end up flying to the West Coast with no money at that point, because I wasn't working. I was studying for this test and then going. And I get the job, I get a lease. That might've been a little too much money, but I was like, hey, I'm gonna be fine, new job. A week later, my boss at the time uh, says, we don't need, to need you anymore, you're laid off. Uh, so then I was left in California with no friends, a lease, and a lead certification. That was like when the, the journey really started of failure. Um, then I went to Craigslist and for a year I did door-to-door sales of energy efficiency, lighting and windows and such um, from the Inland Empire to Compton to Beverly Hills, a hundred percent commission. I literally would drive 240 miles a day sometimes and have no appointments. And people just, I drive 80 miles somewhere. People don't answer the door. Another 80 miles, nobody answered the door. It would be so up and down. And after about a year, I always just remember I was in a, a suit and a, a shirt and a tie in my piece of shit, rundown Honda Civic with a Dasani water bottle and uh, beef jerky just broke. And I'm like, wow, like I'm a failure. And um, shortly after, I moved back to the East Coast. And for people that don't know, there's always this thing that's like, people move to California and if they can't hack it, they leave, so I was the guy that like, couldn't hack it. So then right after that, I um, linked up with one of my buddies and he connected me uh, to one of his friends from high school, a smart kid, wealthy kid, and we came up with this idea to start a DJ league. And long story short, we spent, I don't know, nine, nine 10 months developing this idea, we raised half a million dollars. We got an LOI, an LOI is a letter of intent for people listening. And he actually ended up going to Colorado for the weekends. And then on Monday I get a phone call that he passed away. So that was obviously very rough for me. I had no money again um, in my early to mid twenties. And then I find out a week later that the LOI is now no longer there because obviously it was through his connection and he wasn't involved anymore. So now again, I had absolutely nothing. And then in my mid-20s to later 20s, I started dabbling in a couple of things, um, not making a lot of money at all. And I would say at 27 or 28, I um, wasn't really well-versed in tax. And I basically transitioned. Some people listening might know. um, Obviously, with a 1099, you need to pay taxes. With a W-2, you don't. They take it out. And I transitioned from a W-2 then a a K-1, which is an owner of a company, and it gets taxed like a 1099, but I didn't know that. So I wake up one day, and I'm $30,000 in credit card debt. So now I'm late 20s, back in California, deep in credit card debt, making $3,500 a month. And for people listening, I was actually told I wasn't worth $3,500. I actually had it tattooed on my wrist. I look at it every single day, and I was in the shitter again, but through that, Um, I met an artist named Timmy Sneaks, and uh, long story short, I started managing him. Uh, He ended up actually, you know, his pieces are up to $20,000 now to big celebrities, Kevin Hart, Megan Trainor, Snoop Dogg, and I realized people kept, people, 99% of the people that inquired couldn't afford the art, so I realized, hey, let's, let's let's drop something more affordable, so we dropped a limited time print, we made 20 grand in two days, and I was like, okay, there's obviously a hole in this affordable art market. And I own these big Instagram accounts. And at that point, my business partner, Jeff Cole, moved from Chicago to work for the company, uh, this hat company. And we were living together in Carlsbad, late 20s, again, broke, Uh, but we had this idea for uh, an art company. So in late 2016, we started dropshipping art and we were bartering it on big accounts, on big Instagram accounts. We made a couple thousand dollars here and there. Though we were rich, I remember like, on Black Friday in 2016, I think we made 10 grand, and we were like, "Holy shit, this is crazy!" Uh, and then in 2017, uh, February 27th of 2017, we went on to Shopify, and then in March we did ads, and the first month um, we struck gold and, and made six figures, and then um, then the mark from his soccer days when he wasn't, you know. He wasn't on that list, uh, came back, and we went just absolutely apeshit. Uh, 13 months in a row, we went up in revenue. We did millions and millions of dollars part-time. We were working from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., uh, 6 p.m. until you know our eyes were burning and, and we couldn't stay up anymore. We were the whole company in the beginning, me, Jeff, and his. Uh, we actually hired his 15-year-old brother. We'd pay him 50 cents per order to process the orders. It was the wildest ride ever. And um, I say all the time, like looking back on those times, like that was like, I cherish those moments forever. I mean, we were, it was me and Jeff, or you guys met me and Jeff, like we're like brothers, just dead broke, underutilized, under incentivized. I mean, I was told I wasn't worth $3,500. And I remember just, we finally found something that our effort was aligned with the revenue. And the second we saw an opening, we went, we went so crazy. It was the it was literally the craziest time. I remember last, last story, then we then we could continue. Jeff was like a former like party guy, and um, I remember it was in the beginning. It was like the fourth or fifth month, and his buddies in Santa Monica wanted to see the place, so they came to pick him up, and they were going to go to this place called the Bungalow. And it, for Shopify, they had this this it uh, when you get a sale, it's called it does like a little ching like ching yeah. ching, and in the beginning like we love the ching like. Even like I'd be around my family, i keep the cha-ching, my mom would be like, oh, how many cha-chings you have for the day? And we were, <laughs> and, and his buddies called him, and they were downstairs to pick him up. And he already, before that, was like, man, like, I don't even wanna go, like. And then he gets up, they, they call, they're like, they're here. He gets up, and you know, we were getting cha-chings every like, I don't know, 20 minutes at that point, I don't know what it was. He gets up, and it goes, cha-ching. Two steps, cha-ching, one, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And by the time he gets to the door, he's like, fuck this, man. I'm not even fucking going. Fuck this shit. <laughs> and he tells him, he's like, I'm not going. So he's like, hold <laughs> on me. I'm sorry. Like, I got to work right now. And that's, like, why I love Jeff because me and him are just, like, we're so – I mean, you guys met us. It's, like, we're so different in every sense of the word. Like, it's so weird. Like, we don't even hang out outside of this. And um, but we just I think the thing that ties us together is just like a psychotic hunger and work ethic and curiosity. And like I'm like so blessed that I have him as a partner because I think we complement each other. So that's how we got to now. And now it's just still same psycho mode. Just obviously, you know, things change a little bit. We're doing different things, but we love what we do. And now we're here.
1: And after all that, you're in. California, like you made it, right? You didn't have to go back. I love it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it definitely, um, it's funny. I, I think about all the people that came and left yep. and, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not one to judge um, because, Hey, I didn't hack at the beginning, but like I see the ones and they can't hack it. They couldn't make it. Actually. Yep. They say it wrong. If you can make it out here, you can make it anywhere. It's not that, not the New York here, I think. I think so too. Yeah,
1: I was born and raised in Silicon Valley area. I saw a lot of people come and go, so I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, how do you meet Jeff? He yeah. was in Chicago, and that was actually something that I didn't know that he had come from Chicago, uh, which then explains all of the Jordan, all of that stuff. That so that that locked mm. a piece in for me. How do you meet him? Did you meet him through Timmy?
2: No, I. Um and two things. One, his uncle was actually the doctor of the bowl. So that's where it really,
0: wow.
2: really resonated with him. Um, it's so funny because it's just like, I could think of so many things in my past and it's nothing happens by chance. Everything happens for a reason. It was um, 10 years ago now. I was, oh, we like a lot of curse on here. I might be being a little bit. Yeah, bad. yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, it was 8.30 <laughs> a.m., I'm laying in in the NYU dorms with a girl who I went on a date with the night before. And um, she went to college with Jeff. And I have still to this day, I have no idea why. She knew about my clothing line at the time. And she's like, yeah, you got to meet like my buddy Jeff. Like he's such a sick designer. Like he should probably do some designs for you. And it made no sense for my company. Like my company was like cartoon designs. And he's like, it was so different. And to my credit, I mean, Jeff will tell you, you know, right after, you know, we were done 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. I called him, and you know, a certain person would have just rubbed it off. She just gave me his number, and could, that could have been it. Um, but I just called him, and then um, we started talking, and we actually worked together for years, and had never met. We talked every single day on Gmail chat, which, ironically enough, created uh, a relationship where we became very efficient from a communication standpoint. Where um, we just knew how people operate. Like I know. Exactly how Jeff operates. Like, if we need to make a deck, like, I know, like, I can't say the title. I can't say it's page two or page three because the pages could change. I need to say the title of the page. So he know like, I just know all of the intricacies because we, like, didn't really talk on the phone and never met. We were always talking over Gmail. So I have to be so efficient. So it was 10 years ago. Um, he was, he worked for me 1099 for a bit, contract, and then he became internal. Uh, he became a designer for this hack company uh, that I worked for and he eventually moved to California and I knew at that point, I was like, wow, you guys are all sleeping on this guy. You're all sleeping on this guy. And um, to my credit and to his credit, when we started the company, I think, and Jeff always argues with me with this, I don't know what he's saying, but I think to my credit, I said, yo, let's be 50-50 partners and Everyone thought I was crazy because I was the business guy and, you know, a designer usually gets just a stipend or maybe a couple percent. That's just how general business goes, you know? And then his friends were like, what are you doing, Jeff? Like, he's your manager. You know, you should keep 80% he should keep 20%. So in the beginning, his friends thought he was an idiot. My friends thought I was an idiot. But both of us were like, you know what? He's always been in a shitty spot. Let's make sure that we're even, he's incentivized. And he knew the same thing. He saw the greatness in me. I saw the greatness in him. And it just, if we would have done 51 and 49%, I think everything would have been different. I think people sorely underestimate uh, how how you structure splits in a company because almost always there's going to be a guy that's working hard, a guy or a girl that's going to be working harder um, than the other. And then you be, then you start creating, you know, if someone owns 70% or 30%, and the guy that's owning, owning 70 starts slacking and you sell – You make a huge deal you're like oh like fuck this guy you know so 50 50 we both bust our ass and um yeah that's how i met him
0: so when when you start iconic you said that you were working part-time because you were working in the mornings and then you worked again in the evening so did you both have regular jobs
2: this is crazy so we our old apartment which was our office Just like our apartment now is our office, Mm -hmm. was the office for another company. So it was another company that it was (laughs) me, Jeff, and this other guy. The other guy owns majority. I owned, I think, seven percent. Jeff owned one percent. So he would come into our apartment, which was the company office.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: (laughs) And so so he, and then we all got left high and dry by him. He was just like when we stopped. He was just like. And at that point, like we knew the company was going to be big, but we didn't know. And it was like, at that, I think we paid 5,500 a month. So he like, didn't even want to like situate, like, Hey, like let's figure something out. Like he was just like, yo, I'm out. Cheers, Bye. So, um, yeah, we were working full time at this, this job where this guy would come in, but I kid you guys not when that other guy, the second that door closed every day, I, we would just close, and it would just be like, let's go. Like, <laughs> go, downstairs, go downstairs, we get some caffeine, and then we're like, now the fun starts. So um, it's really like, I've already started writing a book. Like, it's its really like a, a movie, like how this thing happened. It's just like, because it really happened quick, but the reality is it happened so slow. I mean, it was I mean, I was hustling since I was 17. I mean, it was, you know, 13 years of failure and learning and, you know, it's it's not by chance that it happened, but it was just such a crazy situation um, for that to happen. And like, literally, it's like we were, we started filming a web series in our old, uh, our, our headquarters for Iconic last one. And so many people would comment. They would be like, I recognize that place. Is that the headquarters for the the old company? And we're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was weird because, like, there was, like, old stuff from the company still in there. So it was a little weird. But it worked out.
0: <laughs> so and you're always involved in this whole story. You're always involved in artistic things from DJ, mm-hmm. music, hats. Well, except uh, for the natty, I,
1: the natty Ice days.
0: <laughs> well, the Natty Ice. That was, a very that was ice pure trip. entrepreneurship. Connor, I like. Connor would <laughs> want us to pimp a brew beer, not Natty Ice. <laughs> right. So – Are are you artistic at all?
2: You know, what's funny is, you know, from a branding perspective and a story protect perspective, it's always like Mark's the business guy, Jeff's the creative. And um, Jeff has actually started becoming a little bit more into business. Um, And he's been great. Uh, In the beginning, he provided zero value. And a lot of credits to Gary that he's really started to consume himself, especially Mm -hmm. in business of creative. And I always thought I was a creative person. But Jeff always shits on me, um, being like, oh, your, your ideas suck and you're not creative. But ironically enough, we just took a test, um, not the Myers, the Harrison test. And um, it was funny because I was joking to Jeff, like the test said I was like highly creative. So I I think that I'm like a hybrid, very business focused, but love the creativity and finding creative solutions. And I feel like Jeff is very creative and it's starting to blend the creative with the business. So it's like again, it's like I have my major in business and my minor in creative. And Jeff has his major in creative and his minor in business. So it's like just the dichotomy between the two, it's just it's so it's it's balanced. Um he teaches me, I teach him. So
1: Yeah. I love that. I I love watching what you guys do, especially with all the collaborations and that's something in the black diamond club to all of our members that we talk about all the time. We think that that's a fundamental principle in business. You have to collaborate. And so you already mentioned Gary V like, how do you guys go about those collaborations and creating the relationships with people?
2: Um, I'm a savage for sure. Um, <laughs> That's fair. I'm <laughs> attack mode. Attack mode. Um, I think first and foremost, uh, you have to be aggressive. You have to be relentless. Um, to put into perspective, our first license we ever got, I found out two days before the licensing expo in Vegas that there was a licensing expo. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to go. No tickets, no hotel, no meetings, no nothing. I go... Have my earpods on. It's like three, four days, and I just have my earpods on, and I'm just looking, watching, observing, everything, googling, looking at websites. Jeff, does this interest you? Should we get this? Should we get this? And I go up to a booth, uh, Authentic Brands Group (ABG), uh, billions and billions of dollars. I just bought Barneys, Forever Twenty One. Uh, they own the likeness for Muhammad Ali Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, and I want a Muhammad Ali. Go up, and I was like, you know, let me get a meeting. And they're just like, fuck you, get away, who are you? Then later that night, I go into LinkedIn and I find um, – he actually no, no longer works there. I find a rep. His name was Luke Walsh. So I just found and I go the next day. And I was like flirting with the girl. And I was like, yeah, I got a I meeting with Luke Walsh. And she's like, you know, I'm, I'm here to see Luke Walsh. And she's like, uh, I don't see a meeting. And then I say, Luke Walsh. I say it out loud and I see him turn around. So then I knew it was him. Come back the next day. And again, I tried to, to get on. I was like, yo, just, just give me some time, Luke, and couldn't get it. And then I became friends with the people at the San Diego Zoo booth. And they go, hey, the last day, everybody gets lazy. They're drinking at the end. That's when you can get a meeting. So I go up the last day, ignore the girl. I see Luke. I was like, Luke, I'm coming back for the last meeting. This is going to be the best meeting you ever, ever have. I'll give you $100 if it's a bad meeting. Give me five minutes. I'll come at this time. I was the last meeting, the last day of the show. Sit down with him. Destroy him. We got the deal. Uh, So we got that deal. And then he kind of went out on a whim because our business structure was different than others. Crush it. And then I use that. And then I go get Marilyn Monroe. Then I go get Elvis Presley. And then I go to the NBA, who I'd worked with before, and said, hey, you guys remember me. You love me. We killed it. Look what I got. We're killing it here. I leveraged this to get that. Then I got that. Then we got Gary and Scooter. So that's licenses. This is humans. Now I have case studies in both. Then it's just attack, 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 attack. Provide the value. Cut a deal. And that was it. And we're 20 licenses later. And super simple. But it's just like, it's like you guys have seen that quote. It's just like, um, it's so crazy. Like that graph where it's like, uh, it's like a touchpoint graph on sales. And it's like, Mm -hmm. You know how like you win on like the thirteenth touch point or something. Yep. Everyone quits on like the eighth one or something. And it's just conventional wisdom says, you know, I'm done the first day. I'm done the second day. Mm-hmm. Like the woman saw me out of the corner of her eye, corner of on the fourth day, and she was just like thinking it was like disgusted. Like, <laughs> who is this guy? And I'm wearing like probably like a like a Travis Scott Astro World T. <laughs> Well, going in there with my hat and my chains and they're just like, who is this guy? And I'm like, hey, I have a real business. This is how we structure our deals. We're direct to consumer. We can be a really good case study for you guys. And they literally are now getting more licensors that are like us. So um, I think the biggest thing for everybody out there listening from a collaboration standpoint, got to provide value.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, and the word keeps coming up for me. Like you're just so tenacious. That level of tenacity isn't inherent in a lot of people. Right. And so they just, they, they try once and they can't get to the person that they talk to. And then they're just like, next move on. And it's just that ability to keep going back that gets you the relationships that you're really out there trying to get. I love that. And
0: ha- tell us about how do you, ha- what's the relationship between Scooter and Gary and how do you, how do you get them?
2: <laughs> yeah. So it, I mean, it's, it's, so funny. Great segue because it goes back to value. Um, it's actually the first chapter of my book is about how we met and, and got the partnership with Gary. Very simple. Um, they were looking for someone to do their Vander Sports rebrands. Uh, a guy named Justin Giagrande uh reached out for Jeff to do it. Jeff did it. They go, how much? And I was like, Jeff, we're not charging them. So we didn't charge them. And they were like, okay. Six months later, I sent an email to Justin Giagrande which it's in the book, the screenshot of the email, the most savage email you'll ever see. And it was just like, we're, we're, we're Gary Vee Disciples. This is our last six months in revenue. I think we know, um, you know a lot of things that you guys don't know. We could help you. I think it's a great synergy here. I'd love to talk to Gary for five minutes. Uh, Ten minutes later, I get a screenshot from Justin Giagrande between him and Gary. And he said, sure, set it up. A week later, we had a 15-minute meeting at the Beverly Hills Hotel, 530 to 545. That meeting turned into an hour meeting, and by the end of it, he's like, I fuck with you guys. Come to New York next week. Go to New York next week. Spend a day with him. Uh, we're actually in the stu- in a music studio with him until 1.30 or 2 o'clock in the morning, um, and he's like, let's do it. Let me know how you want to chop it up, and at that point, he was on the cooker, and then Scooter, um, long story short, uh, he had a guy that had worked for him, a guy named Michael uh, Michael George, and this goes back to value, value. Keep giving. Uh, he had a guy named Michael George who uh, blew up an old musician named Hoodie Allen. Michael had similar situation to me. comes to California. Things uh, ended with Hoodie Allen, so he was kind of left there. And me, at that point, was in my mid to late 20s, broke but connected. Uh, I just started setting him up with meetings with no, with no intent. I knew Michael. He was family friends with a kid from my fraternity, one of my pledges. So then Michael ended up discovering Martin Garrix, who, for you guys that don't know, blew up, making $20 million a year, eventually signed with Scooter in conjunction. So Michael was a guy that, you know, a young up-and-coming music exec. I always had his ear because I was the guy that, you know, when no one was helping him, I was the guy that helped him with no, just being a good guy. And through the years, I tried peddling so many things to him. You know, the hack company, let's do a deal and this and that and this. And it was 2016 and we're sitting in Michael's office and he's like, yo, like Scooter loves art, man. You should talk to Scooter about the art thing. Like this makes sense. Set up a meeting with Scooter, 15 minute meeting. Where do I sign? What am I doing? And then we're just talking to both them two, three months of negotiating, give them the same deal come together. Now we're here. That's it.
0: That's awesome. Super awesome. And, uh, Well, let me, let me ask you this on the, on the tenacity side. Um, Have any of, have any of your attempts, because obviously you're a savage, we get that. (laughs) Have any of your attempts ever failed or do you have, have you ever, do you have some that you're like, I wish I could, you're still working on like you haven't, you haven't broken through yet, but you're not willing to throw in the towel.
2: Um, Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, what really upset me is um, I actually have it right here. So my favorite quote is a Kobe Bryant quote. Mm. So rest at the end, not in the middle. I have a tattoo on my leg. Uh, Kobe Bryant was um, someone – that's a, an old quote from his uh, English teacher in, uh, in fifth grade. Uh, Kobe was someone that really inspired me from a tenacity and work, work ethic perspective. I became obsessed with consuming his content. All, every single one of his YouTube videos, the Lewis Howes, the Patrick B.T. David, every single one, repeat. I watched him all the time. Loved him. When he died, that tenacity level actually went to another level. another level. I was like – because this was the year that I knew I built up enough leverage and credibility where I was like – thinking in my head. I was like, yo, this is the year I'm going to meet Kobe. Like this is it. Like I already have a couple back channels that I can get a meeting. And I know like a savage knows a savage. Like I know that when I met him, like we'll do something together. Maybe he'll invest in like, something. Um, when he died, I was like, wow, like you gotta, you just gotta go for it now. You know, sometimes, you know, the timing is never right. You gotta just, uh, it could not be there tomorrow. So I literally made a list of a bunch of people. Uh, and now there's a couple people that I reached out to multiple times. I'm pretty surprised to be honest with you. I haven't gotten anything yet. Um, but that's not going to stop. And, uh, I know on my side, like there's so many like young hustlers that hit me up and like, it takes a couple times to knock down the door. Um, and I think at some point um, I'll get anything and everything I want if it's positioned correctly. So of course, um, I have tons and tons of failures on so many different levels. So mm-hmm. many levels. Um, all you gotta do is I always say you either you win or you learn. So, um, maybe my, my cold email to so-and-so, Maybe I didn't do enough research on them or know them well enough to strike a chord with them emotionally mm. to get an answer. Or maybe I, you know, I talked about all about maybe I mentioned Gary and Scooter and they don't like Gary. So like it, it could be anything. So um, yeah, you, you just, you got to take, you know, the silver lining with everything and just learn. So of course I fail. I actually enjoy the failing. It's fun. Mm. It's
0: fun. Mm-hmm. It's a great time. Yeah. So if you're watching this live, I don't know where where this will be. If you are looking at it at a replay, if you're watching this live and you jump on, um, iTunes or Apple podcasts and you go to the business category and then you click on the new, you click on the new business podcast, you scroll down, Mark, we're, 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 we're struggling to hold on both of us, but right there on those last two lines, you'll see this podcast, none of your business and blank canvas. So you and, you and Jeff uh, started a podcast that it's, a, it's an accompaniment to, to the iconic brand. Yes.
2: Yeah. It's um, it's, yeah, it's authentic. It's blended. Obviously you pick your favorite piece and we talk about it. So yeah, the podcast, I mean, that's why, how we met, you know, Connor, Connor introduced us to each other and you know, now we're here. So I think podcasting is such a, I mean, it depends like kind of what your brand DNA is, but obviously you're in the educational, um, you know, I don't know what the correct word, educational self-help space. Like you're helping people build their business and their lives and, and such. Like to be able to bring people on that they can share and provide value on a podcast, like I don't know what's better than that. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're storytellers at heart. We want to motivate, we want to inspire. So it's just, the podcast is just a natural extension of what we're doing. And I mean, it's just, you could take podcasting at, at its face value or you could take it further and say, it's not only a podcast, but I mean, it's, it's extra content. It's extra distribution. Uh, it's biz dev. It's, I now have a relationship with you, I'm speaking at your, your stuff uh, in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you needed a gift for a ton of people. I helped you up with something great for that. And like, you know, you have my phone number. If there's anything you ever need mm-hmm. from me, you got my number for life now. So it's just like, and and you, you know, if I didn't know you guys and like, we're talking right when this is done, like we're talking, you know, like we're having a conversation here. Like this is nice. a, whether you like it or not, it's a, this is a forced 45 minutes or an hour conversation. You get to, <laughs> you know, you guys are probably getting to know me better on this one. I got to know you a little bit more on yours. Um, but it's great. It's like, uh like a, like a date. That's like a speed dating. And
1: you get, and you get the <laughs> dating podcast form. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Mark, it's so funny. You brought out that piece. Cause I was going to ask you towards the end here. If you could pick your favorite piece, would that be it?
2: Well, the true savage would say the piece that has the highest revenue. That's the true. savage. <laughs> but, um, but quite frankly, um, I would say this is one of them. There's a piece that I have uh, over my bathtub. It's called Forward. Mm. It's a little turtle going up a hill. Uh, I love that. I think um, to win the day, you win your life. Just win today. Go forward. I always look at a day. There's no such thing as a neutral day. You win or you lose. So I love the forward piece. Um, There's a Muhammad Ali piece. It says, keep going. Uh, That's Jeff's favorite piece. I love that one as well. Um, And then lastly... Throw a random one out there that I like. Give me like 10 seconds. Let me really think here. I got a bunch of pieces.
0: Yeah, you can grab it. Let's see it. let Because we're going to make you pick one. We had to pick one. <laughs> we're we're going to make you pick one.
2: <laughs> this one's new. Check this one out. Confidence has no competition. I really like <laughs> that. Um, let me get this in here.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, I like that one.
2: Yeah, I like this one a lot because um, I always talk about about confidence. Um, and something that I really like to talk about is about how work ethic eliminates fear. And work ethic eliminates fear and it creates confidence. And, you know, I'm not naive to think that people could mistake in me as uh, pompous or arrogant. Uh, I'm just supremely confident because I stay in my lane. I talk about what I know, um, and I put in the work. I don't ever, ever, ever talk about anything. I have no interest in talking about anything that I don't know about, nothing. There's a very few things I want to focus on. I talk about that. That's all I care about. Everything else, hire, empower, scale. I'm going to go stay in this little world over here and do what I do, and you can go do what you do. So that's That's a new one. I really, really like that. And then I'd say lastly, um, the new Scrabble collection has really hit hard, oh, Yeah, has really hit hard out the gate. Oh, and then lastly, forget that one. I forgot about it. My favorite is, um, Peanuts. We just dropped the Peanuts collection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's and there's a piece, um, with the grass is greener. I really like it. So yeah.
1: Now, do you guys actually still have in production the very first piece you made? Um...
2: We don't, uh, oh. but you know what's funny is, and no one knows this actually, you're getting a you're uh, BDC exclusive here. Um, in the beginning, we were printing like Jeff's designs, like the ones that he has on his page, at uh, Cole, C-O-L-E on Instagram. Uh, no lights, just kind of like kind of throwing stuff at the wall. <laughs> so the first piece that we ever sold, I'm almost 100% sure it was uh, like a like a Jordan shoes piece, <laughs> kind of testing Those the are
0: awesome. Those yeah. are awesome.
2: And it's also highly illegal to be silly. Selling- oh. <laughs> okay. There's, there's okay. that too. We really pride ourselves in, you know, we're running a, a clean business all with licenses. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that have gotten in trouble or are going to get in a lot of trouble one day. Um, yeah. You can't just say, Hey, like, Hey, Sean Dill, like without your consent, I'm going to go sell your face on a piece of art and make hundreds of thousands of dollars and just think i'm gonna be fine um a lot i mean that was just in the beginning beginning like when it was was literally it was just like a hobby type thing um but we woke up quick and i went and i got that muhammad ali license and then it took it off from there
0: so i want to encourage all of our all of our listeners everybody to check out iconic i-k o-n-i-c-k go to iconic.com and check out all of these pieces that that we're talking about that that Mark mentioned. You can find them all. I've got it up here in my computer. They're amazing. Uh, Mark dropped. We we have a over here, um, mm-hmm. just just over here to our right, uh, a closet full. So I'll just I we I have can say 100 this hundred
1: plus pieces. Right.
0: Well, I can <laughs> say that we we bought them for all of our VIP clients. So if you are a VIP client for your birthday, you are going to receive an iconic piece. You don't know which one it is. So I can at least just tell you. You're going to be get, receiving an iconic piece. And Mark, absolutely, a million percent. And you should have seen the delivery guy when you showed up at my house. <laughs> <laughs> and He was like, what, what are we doing what, with all of yeah, these?
1: hundred individual boxes. <laughs>
0: but I, I want to, I, you already mentioned that you're going to be speaking at summer camp. So I want to reiterate that. We're going to have Mark out August 7th and 8th here in Indianapolis at summer camp. Um, he's also going to be doing a, a a talk at a high school. He told me that before oh, that he's nice. dropping in, which is super touching. That's that's super awesome. But obviously, because of that, we are pretty kin. Um, we we love this idea of the Eric Thomas collaboration because he's also speaking at summer camp um, how, is that in the same vein as as the others in, in securing that.
2: They actually, uh, one of his people, Nikki, sweetest girl ever. Uh, hopefully she can am I'm, I'm paying for her flight, actually. There you go. Because I want to meet her. She's been so sweet. Uh, she reached out. And then um, I, I I love people that are easy to cut deals with where they understand um, a deal is only a good deal if both sides are happy. And, like, with them, it was easy, breezy, low effort. Um, and I think they've been great partners. I think we've been trade partners as well she reached out we cut a deal fairly quick and uh, that guy um you guys are a nice couple but that couple that couple ET and, and his wife I um this world we live in I'm jaded I'm a 34 year old single male. that's super jaded um, just to see um a couple like how they were I it literally like it like warmed my heart like he was he was like deferring everything to like I just want to make sure she has a hotel. And then I actually ended up got, I ended, my buddy owns a company called uh, Venus at the Floor, flower company. Oh. I actually got flowers for her from him. And he was just like, okay. he like the ground that she walked on and it was just, it was so sweet. That guy is everything he's advertised to be and more. He's got such a warm heart and um, he's a, an animal behind the camera. That was That was one shot, one kill, everything one take. And, um, I mean, his story is, yeah, is is bonkers. So, uh, for everybody that that's listening, if I don't know if you guys are going or not going, but at absolute minimum, you will definitely be, uh, inspired, uh, to work harder after he gets off the stage because he, I mean, he's got a certain way on how he speaks and he, he fired me up when I, we spent, you know, half the day together. He fired me up. So (laughs) that that was an inbound one, but, um. Yeah, there's there there's still no matter how big you get, you're always gonna be doing, you know, there's always gonna have to be some sort of outbound. It's it's, Absolutely. it's probably living, So
0: it's great. And last thing for 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 you, Mark. There's and this is going to happen. This this and and we're gonna be able to prove it to people. This is going to happen. You're gonna go to iconic.com. I want all of the listeners, viewers just to prove this point. I want you to go to the website iconic.com. Then I want you to go back to Facebook, and then I want you to notice. That there's all these other like lookalike <laughs>
1: knockoffs knockoff yeah. iconics knock-offs. that start showing up. <laughs> you could say it. And
0: and look here, but here's a question: like, how does that make you feel? Maybe it makes you feel differently now than it did in the early days. Um, but you know, and it's not directly haters. I mean, they're not hating on you, but they're kind of trying to ride <laughs> this wave. How does that make you feel? And how do you deal with that? Uh,
2: I don't know what that quote is. Uh
0: Imitation is the flattery. Yeah,
2: is the highest form of, of flattery. Um, so in the beginning, uh, Jeff was super emotional uh, and so mad about it. Um, for me, uh, I'm a such a such an optimist. It is what it is. There's strategies that we have behind. Uh, you know, we're figuring some things out there uh, with certain people. Obviously, there's cease and desists and, and stuff like that. But it is what it is. A real winner cries about it. I mean, a a loser would cry about it. And then a a winner uh, would figure out a way to beat them. And that's exactly what we're doing. So um, for me, you know, for lack of a better term, it definitely keeps us on our heels. I mean, it's aggravating when we do something and they just blatantly copy it. Um, But it is what it is. In any market, there's going to be some sort of competition. Um, But I think the one big thing to understand and know for everybody out there I don't know what everybody out there does from a profession standpoint, but um, another favorite quote of mine is uh, from a guy named Naval, N-A-V-A-L. He has um, a a two-and-a-half-hour audio clip. It's How to Get Rich. It is my number one favorite audio clip in the whole entire world ever of all time. And he has a thing. He says, escape competition through authenticity, basically meaning, that if you're true, if you are your true authentic self, then nobody is going to be able to mimic you, and that's exactly what we've done. Everything that you see bleeding into the uh, into the DNA of the company, the collaborations, the podcasts I go on—it's this is curated by me and Jeff's taste. I wouldn't go on somebody's podcast that I didn't like. I like you guys, that's why I'm on the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so we're just being us, and people are buying into us, the emotion the story. So they're doing them, um, which quite frankly, I don't think them, uh, has a story, has an emotion. It's faceless. It's just, uh, there's no brand. It's, it's, you know, it's just a copy. It's just copy. It's just, it's just, it's just just Johnny and Joey behind a desk (laughs) wherever they are. And, um, you know, that that's really all there is to everybody out there. It's just, another one of our pieces is it's nobody cares work harder. So I, we don't, we don't feel bad. You know, it's, it is what it is. The market's the market. And um, obviously there's some creative things that we have done, we are doing, and we will do, and they're going to have their day. So we'll leave it at that.
0: Dude, as always, thanks for coming on home run as always. Appreciate you being here, especially yeah. before you uh, jet out for a little uh, break from LA for a little while. Mm-hmm. But we look forward to seeing you in Indianapolis, August 7th and 8th at Summer Camp. Go to www.cometosummercamp.com. Make sure that you're registered. I know with all this uh, pandemic and shelter in place, people are itching to get out of their homes. They're itching to see live people. I think you were saying you hadn't had human contact in something like 80 days (laughs) and and people are are itching for that. And so we're super excited. Uh, When we last spoke with ET, he was, he said, you know, next time I see you guys, we're going to give you a big hug. (laughs) I think that everybody is looking forward to that. I mean, likewise, I can't wait to see you. Lacey can't wait to see you give you a big hug, uh, share. Super excited to hear your message that day. But more than anything, Mark, I you know, I, I, I want to reiterate what you said. You know, you truly have been a, a wonderful friend from a connection. It is 100% true. You know, you are someone that is super authentic. And, you know, every time I've reached out to you, you've, you've answered the call. You've been there for us. And we super appreciate you and everything that you stand for.
2: I appreciate you guys. It's been A1 since the jump. And uh, I'm looking forward to summer camp. And for everybody out there that's listening, I... For me, this is still so humbling that like, you know, I even have people like following myself and, and the brand. So like we answer, you know, every single DM, every single question Have everybody out there, like from, if you guys have any questions from a business perspective or life, whatever perspective, um, I will stay there until the lights go off through to the next day, a day after I'm getting paid to answer any and all of your questions about anything. Hopefully what I'm doing, my failures or my successes can help you guys. So I'll forever be grateful of stuff like this. So for everybody out there that's coming, um, if you have any questions about anything and everything, jot them down, come there, ask me, and I will give you my best answer. Awesome.
0: I, I think that I think, I think you just said you're coming to the VIP after party, didn't you?
2: <laughs> awesome. awesome, I'm there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome, well, thank you so much. Enjoy your time away.
0: You got thanks. Thank
2: you, Mark. Thank you.